Hello and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs Verse. I'm your host, the man with surprisingly zero code of conduct violations to the States, David Pratt. And with me, I have a very special guest. Please welcome to the show, Christopher Lambert. Hi, Dave. Thanks very much for having me on today. It's a pleasure. You're my first solo guest for reasons I won't go into. Um, I should tell the listener before we get started that I met Chris before EF on the five-a-side football pitch where Chris is a fantastic striker for any teams looking to score some more <laughs> goals. I think Chris is a great person to ask. But anyway, enough about that. Um, yeah, I've been furloughed. <laughs> <laughs> getting started, would you like to tell the listeners a bit about your background? Sure. Um, so I, I grew up in Hong Kong um, till I was about 13 and then I moved to Basingstoke in, in England, which was obviously quite a change. Um, and after that, I went to university, uh, studied English at Oxford. Um, and after that, I did corporate law before I made the drastic decision to quit that to trade crypto full time. Um, and from there, I sort of got involved in crypto startups, um, which has basically taken up my time for the last three years um, until I've recently started EF. That's a great story. What year did you get into crypto? Uh, so actually, I was. I started in 2011 because um, I've always just been interested in playing around with new tech and I've always been quite good at meeting people, I suppose, um, and meeting people that most people arguably, I suppose there's, there's a there's a good uh, quote in The Great Gatsby that's about how, because he's bad at ending conversations, he often gets stuck with the most innumerable bores, but sometimes they have like diamonds of insight. Um and I'd built my own computer when I was 14, I think. Um, and I still had it knocking around when I was at uni. And I saw someone else that had built their own computer. So I just went and basically knocked on the door just because I was, I was in the con- process of upgrading mine. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, mine runs really hot at the moment because I'm mining Bitcoin. And, and, you know, that led into a huge conversation. And then I was like, actually, that's really quite cool. Um, so I So I started doing the same. Um, so, so 2011 is when I, when I got first interested in it. And then in 2014, there was the, the second bubble up to a thousand dollars and that sort of piqued my interest again. And I opened a, a small shop that was, um, basically accepting Litecoins for, for Amazon vouchers. Um, but I was busy studying law at the time, so I couldn't automate anything. So I unfortunately closed it because probably would have done quite well if I'd, um, bothered to keep it open but mainly i just wanted to learn how to like build a simple site using wordpress and plugins so you got deep into the crypto world is that what like a lot of discord channels a lot of a lot of subreddits what does that look like <laughs> um so initially that would that would look like bitcoin talk forum uh which is one of the the you know the original forum and actually unfortunately that got hacked in 2011 and 2013 and it was basically repeatedly hacked and that was one of the reasons i i left crypto was i was just getting a load of spam and it was full of scammers. Um, and, and more recently, you know, it's on Reddit. And then in 2017, no, 2018, I actually founded a Discord that was sort of invite only and was for full-time traders and sort of crypto professionals, I suppose. Um, it's got 70 members in now because we've we've pruned quite a lot lately. Um, but that's where I get most of my information now, that on Twitter. Nice. What made you apply to EF? That's a good question, actually. Um I knew someone at uni that was on one of the early EF cohorts. Um, this is a guy called Toby Mayer, and he's, he's still with the company they founded on EF called Lingumi. Um, 
and I was I remember reading I remember seeing his pitch actually on Facebook and I was very jealous of him um, and it was when I was stuck in corporate law and that sort of stayed in the back of my head that I might want to do that one day and then actually about nine months ago I was sitting in a Bethnal Green coffee shop and I heard someone who'd just done EF he was actually having his meeting with a VC on the table next to me um, and that reminded me like damn I'd forgotten about this thing like, I've always wanted to apply and from there I just applied. Mm, the power of serendipity so any corporate lawyers out there tuning in i'm sure we've got a few with that massive listenership um get involved it's worth it um and how have you found the experience so far have you formed any teams what's that been like yeah so it's it's been really intense it's been really good um i say my friend earlier today i feel like i've you know i've learned a huge amount um it's it's been disappointing obviously to you know coming into the start of week six and, and not in a team um, but I had I had a really good experience teaming up with with Gaurav in in week one. Um, unfortunately, you know the idea that we were working on we invalidated it. But it was it was really good being in a team. And I think particularly remote first um, when you're not in a team, it can feel almost like you're treading water, even though you're busy all day, you know, researching and setting up calls. But when you're in a team and you can set yourself goals and work together and constantly working, it's um, it's much better and I'd like to be in a team again to be honest well I think the man who's often quoted in all the EF lectures and materials is Peter Thiel who says optimize for learning I mean I'm really showing off by just squeezing that in here but you know it sounds like you're doing that so he probably would back your approach seems like you're doing the right thing yeah I'm Peter Thiel I mean I was talking to Gareth today and we were discussing zero to one and EF in a way you're either in a team and or not in a team I mean obviously you can have like pre-discussions but it's one of those processes where I think it's easy to to get disillusioned because it's not like learning an instrument. You don't get slowly better every day. You know, you, you have that insight or you, you, or you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. What's your perspective on that? Because obviously, officially, it's a three-month course, right? But then you're right. Being in a team isn't necessarily like binary. You can have like a pre-team and obviously there is this like surface area of people you can talk to and that doesn't necessarily have to stop after the three months. Um do you have thoughts on like your startup career outside of EF with the people you have met on the cohort? I think that's an interesting question. Um, I suppose I've got to be diplomatic about what I say and maybe also what I say that other people have shared with me. We can cut it out if you stand to someone, don't worry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, as long as it's not me. <laughs> at the moment, I've just I've just been focusing on EF. Um, but I, I do think it's true that there's some ideas potentially that don't fit easily into the EF framework. But at the moment, I've just been completely focused on EF. To be honest, I think it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great, you know. After EF, say that I'm, I do, I do genuinely think, you know, the the network of people that we've met on EF will be will be good to know. Um, you know, some really interesting people. How have you found like the team formation process in the remote environment? So I think I think there what we've really lost is, is as we were saying earlier, like you know, the power of serendipity and the power of chance meetings, and also being able to really informally explore ideas and bounce ideas off people. Cause I do think there's a big difference between the sort of draining experience, I suppose, of, of repeated zoom calls with, and whoever it is with it, it can, it just feels very different to, to in person. You can't change the scenery. You can't change the, you know, the like people that you're with as easily either. Um, so, well, I suppose there's no, there's no point in reference, but I've enjoyed it a lot. You can't change your scenery, but you can certainly change your Zoom background. <laughs> um, also, though, I, maybe that's just an argument for podcasts over Zoom calls, because I agree with you, Zoom calls are just, for some reason, so draining, and there needs to be a better answer to them. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've, I've actually been encouraging people just to talk on the phone because um, I, 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 I'm not sure you gain anything from, you know. There's more immediacy on the phone as well, just like lower latency. Completely. You mentioned earlier about leaving law for crypto. Could you tell us a bit more about like what that transition was like and how it went down? Sure. Um, it was kind of wild because, you know, obviously there was the, the, the big bull run in crypto. Um, and so the sort of portfolio that I had, I kind of had to teach myself to, to trade as, as it blew up in value. But, it, you know, it wasn't my first crypto rodeo, I suppose. So I, um, I kind of knew it was in a giant bubble. Uh, so, I, so I was able to get out at the right time. And then from there, using contacts that I, that I had, I suppose, from going to lots of conferences um, and, and from, honestly, generally people I met online, um, came this opportunity to, to, to trade on behalf of investors once I'd established a bit of a, um, bit of a back history for myself. Uh, and so I basically recruited a team of traders, set, set, set up the systems by which we'd manage portfolio, track risk, um, all those sorts of things. Um, and we had a trial period, which went well, and then we won further investment. Um, and I was doing that in total for six months. Um, and then I sort of grew disillusioned, I suppose, um, and realized that I wanted to do something more tangible. Um, and that was when I helped set up this crypto brokerage, which is basically like um, a brokerage so that institutional finance can engage with crypto. Um, and it's FCA regulated and basically we thought there was something there that that just didn't already exist um and and with those same guys i've also been helping with this project that i alluded to earlier where we basically tokenized um gold that's in this gold mine in the philippines and we're able to sell it to investors around the world before it's come out of the ground um at a 20 percent discount and that meant the gold mine could raise financing on better terms than it could from an investment bank and, and obviously you know allowed these people to, to get a 20% discount. And that model was really interesting for us. And the pilot project is still ongoing. And if, if that goes well, then we'll expand it out into other commodities and assets. I mean, if any listeners out there haven't read the novel Cryptonomicon, that kind of just sounds like the plot for that, which preceding <laughs> reality, I don't know. Great book. That's interesting. It. I'll have to look into that. It's super interesting. Um, moving on now to what I like to call the, the more fun side of the podcast, even though it's all fun, obviously. Gonna ask you some quick fire questions. I just want your initial gut instinct reaction. <laughs> Favorite sport? Um, definitely football. I'm a man of the people. I'm afraid. <laughs> Where are the people, Chris Lambert? Favorite city? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Rio de Janeiro, I think. Ooh, it's just nice. such a naturally beautiful city. Um, and the people are lovely, and I've always had good times there. Pub or club? Pub for sure. Bitcoin or Ethereum? <laughs> Bitcoin. North or South London? <laughs> East London, mate. That's where it oh, was. Oh, very nice. Straight out of Entrepreneurs vs. Towers, broadcasting from East London. I like that. Um, now I'm going to do under or overrated. Similar concept. Just got to tell me what, well, whether you think something is under or overrated. I think you get the point. Uh, the Simpsons. Underrated. Oxbridge. <laughs> overrated. And I say that as an Oxford graduate. <laughs> Poker. <laughs> underrated i guess i agree traveling oh that's difficult with instagram but i'll still say underrated social media overrated law overrated justice should be much cheaper and open to more people justice for everybody at no cut wait now fuck that up the law the law is open in the same way the ritz is Oh, I like that. I think 
that's a perfect and poignant point to end the show on. Chris, I've had a lot of fun. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. Cheers, Dave. Glad I could uh, fill in at late notice.